been trying to get one for a while, but specifically we're gonna do like a of a, a scripted weekly recap show for Monday morning. Mm. Is it someone at their desk? No, it's me and the studio. Mm. We came up with a cool solution for prompter where we're in a Google meet with talent and then someone just shares their screen and pulls up a teleprompter and the person who's controlling it is just scrolling along as talent reads it off. We're like, huh, this works pretty well. That's fine aside from like eyelines probably off, eh? But I guess eyelines weird on video calls all the time anyways. Right. It depends on, because our talent had their situated where I was like, oh, this is just being run into a teleprompter device. So they don't have to control their own teleprompter anymore. But also, I'm rolling, by the way. <laughs> That's fine. I was just about to say all of my favorite dirty words. Oh. Like, game of all time? Like, the best game ever made? Like, the best Zelda game ever made? Question mark. These are all things people attribute to Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. One of the most hey, beloved 16-bit games. You know what? All of those titles, I don't necessarily agree with. There's one that I think potentially fits. And that is, maybe you call it the best NES game of all time. SNES game. Maybe. Because there's other games that could, in theory, battle with that. If you're asking me, I think the answer is Super Mario World. But I can make an argument. I can make an argument for Link to the Past. Because everybody... It's been a minute, but welcome back to Garbage Game Club, our video game book club show with Nick and myself, where we play a game, you play a game with us sometimes, and then we talk about it. Then we set another game, do his homework, because I really miss the feeling of grade school and having to do homework. We have been playing A Link to the Past for our entire lives. It's a game everyone knows about. It's at this point... If you haven't, you are the outlier because it is one of the most played games. It's on your Switch Virtual Console. It's been released on pretty much every Nintendo device ever. And it is often regarded as the best top-down Zelda game. And to some, the best Zelda game, period. So, this I think this might be the only game we've done on the show that is older than both of us. Generally, we try and do stuff that is topical because that's what the algorithm likes, my man, right? But uh, I, Joey, have been on a little bit of a Zelda kick, which is what really spurred this episode. Because I I, want to share something with you, Nick. I want to share something Mm. with you. For the majority of my life, wasn't really a Zelda person. Mm. Wasn't really a Zelda person. I loved Mario games. I like me some platforming, you know. Zelda, as a franchise, is always the one that, like, you know, an E3 would roll around and, like, middle school me would be like, yeah, whatever. Right, like I like I I never I never got that same that same joy, mm. and then I, I I dabbled in them 
I didn't ignore them, but it never really sparked something inside of me. I never really got the same joy that a lot of people got from Zelda games. And then Breath of the Wild happened, which I will contest is one of the best video games ever. Mm-hmm. I would put that in a top 10 video games ever list. Right? I agree. And, you know, it got me thinking that what I should really do, and, and I realized that, you know, Breath of the Wild and the other Zelda games are, like, markedly different, right? You can't really compare them one-to-one. They're, like, they're they're almost like, like they're, they're a complete different methodology. But it got me thinking, you know, maybe I should go back and give some of these games that I didn't play or didn't give the time of day a a, a redo right and through through an older more cultured joey lens and you know that happened when i when i played uh link's awakening on switch when the remake came out and i'm like okay i'm vibing with that that happened when you know i i I found a, a nice fun way to play link to the past uh, I've recently played Link Between Worlds. I've recently played uh, Minish Cap. Like, I am basically systematically going through what everyone says are the best 2D Zelda games. Right. And... and oh, go ahead. Go can ahead. you... And, and uh, people are probably like, oh, what about the 3D Zelda games? I have not played more than 10 hours of Majora's Mask or Oracle. Or Oracle. Uh, fuck me. Ocarina. Wow. Um. I, I played those games for probably about 10 hours each as a child who didn't fully understand it and haven't gone back. Dude, you can play them on the 3DS. I'm going to wait until this year, fingers crossed, they come out <laughs> on the Switch. Lol. That's my goal. I have the one 3D Zelda game that I really did play, even though I did not finish it, but I played like 90% of it, is, um, is um, Wind Waker. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's surprising. So, so that's kind of that that that's my Zelda history, right? It and I don't intend to go back and play all the Zelda games. Uh, I think that I'm that I'm really uh, just kind of going for the ones that have either been remastered or people kind of herald as as the best hits, right? So if we take Breath of the Wild out of the equation, what are your favorite? Zelda games, Nick. Give me, give me like a top three, if that's too hard, like a top five. Uh, honestly, it's probably if not Breath of the Wild, I would say number one is Majora's Mask. Number two, I'd probably do. Ugh, see, it's all so fluid. These these next ones always change so much. Uh, even Majora's Mask changed because I think last time we talked about this on the show, you like didn't even put Majora's Mask in a top three. So no, I, 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 I love that I, always, I always say Breath of the Wild, Majora's Mask. Those are always in my top two. Those are my two favorite personal Zelda games. But after that, it's like, do I want to say Link Between Worlds? Do I want to say Minish Cap? Like, I, I, I think it might be one of those. And then Wind Waker usually is like at the end of my top five. So I think for the sake of right now, the things that are coming to mind, therefore they are currently true. Majora's Mask, Link Between Worlds, and Wind Waker is what I'm saying right now, right this second. With Link to the Plas- Past, not too far behind because I do think it's a very good game. But I do think that Link to the Past is a top-down Zelda game that sent the template for better top-down Zelda games with pretty much every single iteration. I think a lot of the stuff that happens in Link's Awakening is a lot more interesting 
in Link to the Past, which makes sense because it is a direct sequel to Link to the Past. I think that the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons games are an even further evolution of a lot of the stuff introduced in Link's Awakening. And I think Minish Cap might actually be the secret best top-down Zelda game if you want to not say like Link Between Worlds versus Minish Cap. I do think Minish Cap is the best 2D top-down Zelda game. So, but, I mean, th- but this was the this first you're one. giving. The list that you're giving really lines up with like my current Zelda experience, right? Like, I'm not done. I don't think I can fully rank them. I think that my favorite Zelda game, if we're not talking about Breath of the Wild, might be Link Between Worlds. Mm. Um, but I think all of the ones that we're talking about and playing, Minish Cap, Link Between Worlds, Link's Awakening, uh, Wind Waker. Those are those are like all times for a reason and, and almost like like a cut or a tier above. Like if all Zelda games are A tier, I think that the ones that are mentioning right now might be like the S tier games. Yeah, I think um, so. And I know it's, and, it's like popular again to not really like Wind Waker, but no, that game's really good. That game is very good. Uh, Someone hmm. yelling? Yeah, there's the dog. There's just something outside. Don't worry about that. The the thing that I think is interesting about uh, a link to the past is, I think that most games that are twenty plus years old only kind of hold up in theory, but not in practice. Because every single one of them has evolutions of games that are better than that version of that game. Mm-hmm. I.e., I think that Super Mario World is one of the best Mario games of all time, but there's better 2D Mario games now, which is which is good and right with the world. I think that Street Fighter 2 is one of the best fighting games of all time, but it's hard to say that it still is when, you know, Street Fighter 5 is just actually better. I think that, you know, Super Metroid is a good game. But you look at all the other Metroidvanias that exist now, they're better, right? I think that Link to the Past might be the game that not holds up because, you know, Chrono Trigger holds up, Earthbound holds up, Mario World holds up, right? Like those games hold up and and they're still hyper playable. Mm -hmm. But I think that from a game design perspective... A, uh, a Link to the Past might be the most solid and the most akin and one of the more influential ones because of all the Zelda games that built after it. And I think the fact that it is still in contention for one of the best top-down Zelda games of all time, people still talk about it, it, is really akin to that. And that's the experience that I got playing it. When I was playing this game, I didn't feel like I was playing an SNES game. Mind you, I was playing with save states, which did make it easier and take out some of the frustration mm-hmm. that I think is like a little archaic these days. But I, I, I didn't necessarily feel like I was playing this this game that was older than myself. I felt like it, it very much is uh, modernized. Yeah, it feels like if, if it came out for the Switch and Nintendo was like, hey, we made a 2D Zelda game. It feels very much like, oh yeah, I could see this being made today as either a love letter to Zelda or just a straight up new Zelda game that's 2D. It doesn't feel old in that respect. Um, and it is odd though. I think it's a super duper interesting game because not only did it set the template for top down Zelda games moving forward, but it also set the template for 
just the general like story structure of things that happen in pretty much every Zelda. I guess maybe the next most important Zelda game, which would be Ocarina of Time, because everything that happens in Ocarina of Time essentially happens in a link to pa- a link to the past, and that was not a thing I knew about. Because I had played Link to the Past when I was very young. Obviously, I didn't beat it because I was too young. And then I played Ocarina of Time, and I beat that. And then I went back to Link to the Past. And the thing that blew my mind, and that happened so much earlier, and it's very much like, hey, wait, they did the same trick again, is after you gather the three pendants for for Sahasrala at the beginning of Link to the Past, I assumed that I was going to go to the tower, fight Aghanim, and beat the game like oh i guess it's a shorter game that makes sense i'm like 10 12 hours in this feels about right and then once you defeat him you realize that there's the dark world that you're going to explore and you have to do like eight more dungeons and that blew my mind because that's the same trick that ocarina of time pulls where you know young link pulls the master sword out of the pedestal and you get transported to the future and you now have eight more dungeons you have to do so the fact that that was choreographed so much earlier on on the super nintendo and it's actively nintendo just looking at like well why do people like this game well there is this nice zag of hey you thought you were beating the game but turns out there's a whole lot more to do i love that sort of reveal and i think that it's such an interesting turn of events because unlike ocarina of time's future world i feel like there's so much more to do in link to the past overworld in the dark world everything does feel warped in a way that's like this makes sense. The village is abandoned now. All of these things, you know, the the lake is on ice and whatnot. Like everything feels like a natural extension of what an opposite Nega version might look like of the Link to the Past world. Whereas Ocarina of Time, I feel like, is more constrained, and there's a lot less interesting things to do in the future timeline. I think it's interesting that like it still to this day feels smart. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like you know like a game mechanic or like a trope or anything like that. Like like it, it feels smart and clever and unique. Even I I really liked uh, I I I really liked a lot about the two different states of the overworld. I really kind of liked the progression that that happens and how the world opens up even though it is a little bit more linear than other zelda games because you do need like items that build off of each other for 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 dungeons um which is good because that like helps progress the sense of difficulty um and and, you know when when you get to low rule for the first time it's like oh this is cool yeah (laughs) right and and it's a feeling of like the world is the same but it's different like i it's cool that you the game I, and, and like th- this feels like it spawns from the idea that like you know they're they're developing unlimited hardware right like you have one map that's like kind of two maps interchangeable mm-hmm. but what it actually does is is they change it enough to where it it you have the base familiarity of the map so that you can know where to go you understand the rough layout you know what's in what's area you've kind of been around the whole thing at the same time but it's different enough to where your sense of familiarity is, is like not perfect and there's there's still alterations there which, which is really cool like i don't think i've ever had that experience before where here's the same map but it's like different now normally it's just like oh here's a different map here's a different world right but using the same base template and the same basic layout gives you like this really cool feeling of like 
semi mastery mm-hmm. halfway through the game. Yeah, and and I think this, I I think this game is the game that Nintendo constantly goes back to when it comes to trying to innovate for Zelda because I think this game is the reason why I like Majora's Mask so much because Majora's Mask is very much in line with taking all of the familiar characters and environments that you were aware of in Ocarina of Time and then zagging with them and turning them into new situations because it is literally asset-ripped. Majora's Mask is asset-ripping Ocarina of Time, but with a more interesting storyline. So, like, there is that... I think Zelda is at its best when it's taking the familiar and then plunging it into an unfamiliar location. And just to backtrack a little on the on the Dark World, I really do love the way the game choreographs the second half of the game, where you know you're getting your third pendant and you're climbing the mountain, and you need the uh, you need to hop into the portal that transports you into the Dark World for the first time, where you can't use your sword, you're just Bunny Link, and you're walking around. But if you mess around with the menus enough, you can actually pull up the map, and you realize that there is a giant ass map for you to explore in the Dark World. But for the purpose of that third dungeon in the early game, you can only you're you're constrained to that mountain. So I like that little that little tease of what's to come and I think it's such an interesting way to tease out additional content because like I, I think I always like it in Metroid games or or Castlevania games what they call the abilities where you start the game badass you have like all of your abilities you're super strong and then you get nerfed at the beginning because it's supposed to give you a taste of what you can expect in the end game you know what you're going to be like and then taking that away from you and then you slowly earn your way back up there and I really like that deep tease and I think this game does a great job of that um, uh, another thing that I really do like about this game that I think really soured me on every Zelda game moving forward until Breath of the Wild was that it felt like there was a lot of items to discover and items that made the game more interesting uh, and less like items that changed the mechanics of the game to some extent. And um, I think that well, the transition to 3D streamlined a lot of Zelda's core philosophies to just be very much go here, go here, go here. Whereas in Link to the Past, sure, it's it's still more linear, but I do like that you can upgrade your sword multiple times. You can upgrade your shield multiple times. There's the um, like the shield rod. There's the 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 bat in the cave that can make you use less magic power when you use magical abilities. Like I like that there are so many optional upgrades for Link at this game that so many you don't need them to progress the game, but they make the game so much more fun because it really feels like you are exploring and uncovering new treasures. Whereas the best rewards that you find in Ocarina of Time, sure, there's the big Goron sword or whatever, but there's less interesting things. There's no shield rod. There's no use half your magical ability stuff. Like it's very much the best reward you find is a bigger wallet or a piece of heart, which is fine. But after coming off Link to the Past, I'm like, I want weapons that don't matter. I want weapons that are optional. I want stuff that's optional because they add so much more depth to the game. And I and I do think that we are going to see traces of that with whatever Breath of the Wild 2 looks like. I do think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to draw on Link to the Past yet again and introduce some sort of alternate state of world that you might have to traverse back and forth between because that feels like 
what if you could do Breath of the Wild, but in Link to the Past style territory where you can traverse between both worlds? That's interesting. That's cool. Imagine how puzzles work when you have to go into a different world entirely and then hop back into your current world. Like Stuff like that, I think, is ripe for adaptation to 2021 or whenever the next game comes out. I think that uh, the way that some of those rewards are set up in in Link to the Past is actually some of the ways that it feels the most dated because some of the best things are like hidden quasi convolutedly. Mm -hmm. Um, And you like, if you're not playing with a guide and you're like just poking around and you're not turning over every rock, like you might miss the, the, like the super important magic upgrade. You might miss a couple items. You might not get a gold sword. You might not understand that you can get a fairy to give you silver arrows, which just like make Ganon so much easier. Right. Like, yeah, there's there, there's a lot of there there's a lot of things that feel optional because they are and you don't need them but with that level of optionality there's just some a, a lot of chance to miss content if if you're not going through the game with a fine tooth comb i i there are a few things in the game that i looked up i i looked up like gold sword i i looked up like some some optimization stuff because I at this point I really don't get a ton of enjoyment out of like hunting and pecking through a world to try and uh, optimize myself. Like right. I would rather know like this is the place I need to go to get a max upgrade. Don't tell me exactly how to do it, but like at least like put me on the right path, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would rather do that than aimlessly walk around and try and do some problem solving. Yeah, I, I mean, can classify that as less fun sometimes because you don't get the natural discovery of like, oh well, I found this thing. But just from like a from like a time management point of view, I feel like that's kind of how I play older games at this point. Is is like with uh, giving myself the the option to to look some stuff up and 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 not rely on just uh, whimsy. And I feel like I feel like I my path of playing Link to the Past with using a guide for some stuff and using save states for some stuff was incredibly improved. Not only did it save me time that I feel like I would have wasted running back and forth and like resetting. Uh I I just, I just felt uh, like, like the whole experience was like, was like streamlined and I got the best parts of the game. Yeah. It was a lot more fun. And and I agree with that because uh, I, you know, I didn't play a game this game for the first time with a guide or anything like that. But this time what I did was I was like, Oh, I'll use a guide to find more heart pieces because I never really, I never go out of my way to try and find all of the heart pieces. And I really enjoyed that this time using the guide to like, Oh, I didn't know that there was a heart piece here. I didn't know there was a heart piece here. And that made my overall enjoyment of the game um, way better. But uh, I, I totally agree with you as far as how the, Game doesn't do a good job of communicating where a lot of its optional content is. Um, And I think that's for a couple of reasons. Um, I do think that there is a weird discrepancy of like linearity in this game. Because for the most part, you know where you have to go for every part of the story. And it's very... It's on the map. It's very explicit about it. Which is weird because... In order. They they, they, they number them. They number them and everything. Which is weird because Zelda 1, Zelda 2, they didn't have that. Which is like it really does feel like a like a hey let's make the game more easy for Link to the Past because this is the third Zelda game at this point, and I thought that was interesting until 
you get to the end of the game where you're about to fight Ganon, and then you have to do this strange quest where you get a super bomb in order to open up the Tower of Power or whatever it's called. You have to, like, bomb the crack of the wall on, like, where you first get transported. And you're supposed to know that that crack is a super bomb, I guess? Yeah, it's so unusual, and it's like, I... Guess I guess if I needed to, I could have probably hit up the fortune teller who would probably point me in the right direction, question mark. Um, so I guess there's that. But also, like, when it comes to the optional content, there's no one real there's not really that many NPCs in the game, which is a little unusual for every Zelda game moving forward, because in the dark world there's really not that many people you can talk to, so it's like who are you supposed to get hints from? Uh, the some people in towns in the normal world do kind of give you some hints every now and then, but for the most part, for a lot of the hidden content in the dark world, you're kind of flying blind. Especially with like stuff like the Great Fairy, where you have to toss in items into the river. Like that's got to be so tiring if you don't know what item is eligible for an upgrade. If you're just going through an item, your inventory item by item tossing in, I was like, well, let's see if this gets an upgrade. Let's see if this gets an upgrade. But I do appreciate that it's there. Like, I like that you have that optional, oh, interaction with the fairy where you throw your item in. And I'm curious when we're going to get a Zelda game where, you know, you throw in your your item and you don't get it back. Like, that would be interesting to me. Uh, Like, I I think that that kind of mechanic might work a lot better for something like Link Between Worlds or potentially a Breath of the Wild 2 where, you know, weapons are... They have durability, and maybe you can upgrade their durability. But if you know you don't choose the right one, it's gone forever. Like there is some something to that that I would like to see your return. And I think that again, we're we're saying it again. I think that this game has so much stuff in it that it's just ripe for adaptation in modern day. Like I can't wait to see them pull mechanics from Link to the Past. Uh, I think the only thing that could stay dead and gone forever is the battle with, uh, what, what is it, uh, Moldorm, the worm thing that will knock you off the, the mountainside if you if you don't beat them in, like, one combat setting, because that's probably the most frustrating. It's, it's an easy fight, because you're probably not going to die, but it's so frustrating when you're fighting the giant worm and getting knocked off the mountain and then forced to start the fight over again from from round one. It's like, oh my gosh, game! Who thought this was a good idea? I, I think that we did see some modernization. It's really interesting uh, to play a Link to the Past and then immediately play a Link Between Worlds after mm-hmm. for me. Because that that that's what I did, and it's cool to like you know have the map basically carry over, and have this base understanding carry over, and have like the game carry over, and see what these concepts look like modernized mm-hmm. directly, uh, not indirectly. So like I I think that you know there there's a reason why people have fondness for this right, and there's a reason why a Link Between Worlds came about, and I think that a Link Between Worlds is like a more modern, just like a better game actually, I, and probably I, my favorite. Uh, uh, a Link Between Worlds might be my favorite Zelda game. That that's not Breath of the Wild. It's it's very good, and I think it it does a good job of. I think it does a lot of the things that Breath of the Wild does, where it reevaluates what you think about Zelda and says, "What if we did something different?" And it really does a lot of things differently in some really cool ways, especially around item progression. This is not a Link Between Worlds episode, but I really do like the way it, it was a sign of Nintendo saying. Zelda's grown stale. We need to do something new. How do we shake things up a bit? And their next two Zelda games were Link Between Worlds 
and then Breath of the Wild. So it's like, oh wow, what a zag that was. So I, again, I, I think Link to the Past was very much the sword in the stone. It cemented what Zelda was for a lot of people. And I think it's the game Nintendo constantly revisits when it comes to how do you subvert what Zelda is. And I think that that's, that speaks volumes about what Link to the Past is. I would I would surmise that there's probably uh, two types of, of people, two, two types of people in the Cyber Garage community who are listening to this. There's people who uh, were alive and active gamers when Breath of the Wild was released, excuse me, when, uh, when A Link to the Past was released, and they cherish it because they not only have nostalgia tied to it, they realize that like it's a good game. Mm-hmm. And there's people who might be uh, a hair younger who might have missed the SNES generation who haven't gone back to play it. I think that there, there are truly not a lot of games that are 20 years old that I recommend people go back and play. There's even fewer that I think exist on the SNES. Mm-hmm. There's If you're on the SNES and you're someone who likes JRPGs or RPGs, play Chrono Trigger. If you're a Mario fan, you haven't played uh, uh, Mario Super Mario World, play that. If you like Zelda and haven't played Link to the Past, you should go back and do that because it'll be interesting to you. If you haven't played a lot of Zelda games in general and you're interested in playing a 2D Zelda game, I think you might want to play A Link Between Worlds because it's like this game, but just, I think, a little bit better. But I would still completely and wholeheartedly recommend someone go back to play Link of the Past. I think it's one of the few games that is over 20 years old that, like, holds up, has relevancy, is worthwhile, and is modernized enough to where you could play it on your TV and have it be pretty or on a handheld. I don't... I think that this is something that if you like me had a lapse in your gaming repertoire and and you're looking to like grow that out more and maybe play some older games or play some more Zelda games. I think that it is a great thing to toss onto the backlog because there's stuff that you can use to compare to modern games. And I think that it really puts a perspective and a lens on not just how Zelda has evolved over the years, but also just how some games have evolved over the years. Because let's be clear, there's more than just Zelda that's taken concepts from Link to the Past over the last 20 years. I mean, there's a big, really popular indie game made by one person that's coming out called Tunic that is pretty much a link to the past, but just modernized to some extent. So like people are still going back to the link to the past. Well, in order to draw inspiration, which is again, speaks volumes about the game. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy that um, I'm, I've been using time in quarantine to like really build up and fill holes uh in 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 my my own personal game journal and this is one that i am very satisfied that i ended up playing and it's also something that i've that like i at this point i know when i'm going through this backlog that i have if i'm excited about something because i don't want to put it down there's there's like different levels of games right there's games that i don't want to put down and binge recently for me that was like link to the past link between worlds um castlevania aria of sorrow and then there's games that I play, but like I'm not super excited about it, and it feels more like I'm like doing a task or like getting something out of it, doing research. That's like a like a Super Metroid or a, or a, I don't know Space Court. Yeah. And then there's games that like I, I'll happily put down. 
Um, and, you know, if you use that scale, then Link to the Past gets the highest honor something that I wanted to binge, which is probably one of the best things that I could say. 100% agree. But I, I think that about wraps it up for this Link to the Past combo. But Joey, what is the next piece of homework for Garbage Game Club? So this is some interesting homework because this is the first game for Garbage Game Club that we have played on stream. If people have been watching uh, Cyber Garbage over the last little bit over on Twitch, then you would know that we played all of over three different settings. It takes two. The new co-op extravaganza. And I know that we talked a little bit about the game design in the moment while we're playing it, but I think that it more than deserves its own episode of Garbage Game Club to really dive into it and talk about what we liked or didn't like or, or everything in between for it. And I also think that it might kick off a a, a little, let's, let's, let's call it a, a mini mania of co-op games. Oh, no. This is the first time here. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. I, I wanna, I, I, I think it, it made me hungry for more co-op games, so I'm, I'm down 100%. So I, I think that over the next couple of episodes of Garbage Game Club, you should you should find your gaming partner and uh, let's let's go through some co-op games. Unfortunately, we're not going to play Army of Two because I refuse to do that again. But uh, it, 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 we're going to start with It Takes Two and then, then we'll see where that gets us. So there you have it. The next game from Joseph Ares, It Takes Two, we will be discussing on the next Garbage Game Club. But until then... Goodbye.